welcome to Hidden Among Us, our Halloween special. Hi guys. <laughs> Spooky. It's kind of sad that we don't like celebrate Halloween in Singapore. No, I'm kind of happy. Why? I don't know. I think it's kind of cute though. I don't like the idea of dressing up. But it's... But it's still cute. Like, the concept of, like, going to houses and then, like, asking for candy. I don't really want to give up candy either. And, like, you don't have to dress up so elaborately. Like, you could just do, like, something simple. Like, people do, like, simple out... Like, simple costumes. Honestly, I guess it could be fun. To me, it's just... (laughs) What I... know. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun if we did it like for one year and then we like got a feeling of what it's like. Oh, for, for one year? For one year. No, as in like, okay, no, no, as in not for like a full year. Oh, oh. It just seems <laughs> like one year's Halloween. <laughs> Would you say one year's Halloween or just like that one day? I mean, day? that one day, like for one year. <laughs> That one day. Halloween on a single year. We could try. Mm. Um, yeah. I I think the maximum I'll go is wearing those devil like hairbands when I go to Universal Studios Singapore. I, I think that's the maximum capacity. <laughs> do, you know, do you know like I actually have Shrek ears? Are you kidding? You're not. I have track years from no. you. But like, the thing is, right, we purchased it such a long time ago and like I've never worn it. Uh-oh. So it's just collected dust. So I wanted to wear it today. But it's so dusty and gross. So I decided to wear like this so cute. T-Rex headband from Everland. So cute. Well, my costume today, guys, is just me because I'm a clown. <laughs> No, our costume is a tired oh, student. Yeah. I'll go with clown because everybody makes treats me like a joke. So I'm the clown. Oh no! I am Boo Boo the flu, the fool, the flu, <laughs> flu. Sorry, no, I don't want to create another flu in 2020. <laughs> no, no, but Halloween is kind of ruined anyway because of COVID. Do it. So yeah, thank God. I cannot imagine kids coming up to my door and asking me. For candy. Oh, but my sister is dressing up though. So cute. What's she dressing as? Um, she's dressing up as a witch. She wanted to be dressed up as a witch. She asked my mom to buy her a witch costume. So cute. And she even asked my mom to buy her a broom uh, so she can put it in between her legs and walk run around school with her broom. I I just where where are kids getting oh these God. ideas from? Because I think when I was five, I didn't want to become a witch. I don't know where she's getting this from. Cartoons. I don't know. I think it's very... It's kind of a generic costume idea though. Like the big floppy hat. It and is. Like, it is. But the thing is like... She doesn't read storybooks with witches in it. Ooh, and she doesn't watch TV. So I keep wondering like why she wants to be a witch. And she says yeah. it's because she watched the pony cartoon. What's that? Um, My Little Pony. Yeah, My Little Pony. My little and then pony. there's this like... There's this, there's this pony that is like like evil yeah so she wants to be the evil one and I was just like wow you are my sister like you're not going for the conventional like pinky dash you're going for the badass witch I think it's called I think she's called rainbow dash not pinky dash don't oh. ask me why I know this I think it's I think pinky it's dash. pinkie pie yeah it's pinkie pie I don't know why I know this. I <laughs> Okay. Oh, what do you call those people who like ponies? The guys? Like, a, brony. A brony. No, oh, you're kidding. They are called a brony. Are you a brony? No, you're kidding you know, me. I actually once watched a video like talking about the history of like the history and the creation of bronies. I can't remember what happened. I think I just completely dissociated from the video, but yes, I have watched such <laughs> a video before. Interesting. Had, has it added to my intelligence? No. no. Okay, but in a, in a hypothetical situation, right? Where you become a fairy? A hypoth- no, no. <laughs> like a hypothetical Halloween. What would you guys dress as? 
the silence as everyone is thinking. Wow, I've never thought of this. There's this like manga character in uh Ito Junji's like Ito Junji is a horror yeah. manga. Like he he writes horror manga and this like female character that he draws called Tomie. I'm not really sure about her character, but she's a very popular like like person that the people like to copy. Mm. And I think she's like very I think she'll be fun to like dress up as. Uh because yeah, I saw I saw someone on my timeline who who like tried a makeup look inspired by her and it was Ooh, really good. that's cool. That's cool. I just see her face. I don't I I yeah. I've read a few of his comics before and none of them were pleasant and I wish to Yeah, they're all of it is freaking creepy. Cause like I went to Kinokunia the other day and like there was they're having like a special like Ito Junji Corner. Oh, because it's, it's Halloween. Ah. I'm not sure if it's because of Halloween or not, but like, the whole, like, it was like a giant board and it looked creepy as hell. Mm. What about you, Shan? What would you dress as? Um, I'm a bit basic. I'll go with like, cartoon references or like a, or like a, a, a 2000s movie kind of character. Like the Y2K, which is very in this year. <laughs> yeah, but cartoon character. I think the first thing that I think of is Scooby Doo, like the girl in Scooby Doo. Which one, Daphne or Velma? Oh. Uh, let's do Daphne. Okay. Okay. What would I? <laughs> Wait, let me show you the show. Let me show you the person who did it. Oh, okay, okay. She she looked exactly like interesting, interesting the character. Interesting. I feel like I would go as a Disney princess. I've always wanted to be a Disney princess. <laughs> Which one? I don't know. Sleeping Beauty? No, actually for the longest time, Ariel was my favourite. Actually, your hair, your hair right now kind of looks like... like it's oh, like Aurora. Like, she had like, yeah, she had like... Yeah, she had like the front curl We literally thing. have like the same... Like, I just have to... Yeah, 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 yeah. Curl. You should do it. Oh my god, okay, I'm actually Aurora, guys. Don't you know, I'm Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> I can't take Chris seriously, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should curl your hair and find a crown. Then my crown is here. <laughs> like, you can. Like, your hair does look like that. You're right. You try and make it look like that. It's just, it's just a bit tombalic. It's the other way. <laughs> yes. Okay, anyway, I'm, I'm a... That's not, it's working, not out. working out. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm um forget mm. the bangs. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's Halloween and we don't celebrate it, but we've got a special episode full nope. of scary stories. <laughs> I mean, our stories are usually scary, but these are scarier mm-hmm. stories, I guess. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Alright. Shen, do you want to hit us with your spooky story? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Is there no crime? Wait. Did I get the order wrong? Oh, no. Sorry. Honda! (laughs) Honda hit us with a spooky story. Wow. Okay. You see, we missed one week, right? And like, I I can't. Shannon looked like she was going to die like, on the spot. What the fuck? Why did I do the wrong story? Then <laughs> we are fucked. <laughs> Shannon was like going to die on the spot. Oh my god, she stared at me like... Oh my god. <laughs> she was like digging through her brain like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> oh, what? Hey, you gave me this minor heart. Oh, see, this is... <laughs> this is why I don't do transitions. <laughs> Oh my god, Chris! What a stupid moment! I thought I fucked up, man. Happy Halloween! <laughs> it's not April Fool's. Scare you sufficiently? Oh my god! <laughs> okay, Honda, Honda, hit us with a <laughs> spooky say, crime say, story. Say, say again. Okay, I'm just gonna insert transition music. 
Okay. Yeah, you can use her yeah, as the transition. I'm just gonna. Music. You know what? What if I change transition music to just that? So no, every episode, no, no, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, Chen randomly sings, so you can like you have like a bunch of like. I have one too many recordings of Shen randomly singing, <laughs> and it always makes it into the episode. It always does. Oh, guys. My entire half my finger can fit between my eye and my eyebrow. Very random. <laughs> but can y'all? I mean, wow. Why are you thinking about that? I want to see Chris I try. See? <laughs> okay, who? Oh, maybe not Chris. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and she tried to balance her lipstick between her eyelids. I hate this so much. <laughs> Truly dysfunctional. This is a Halloween episode, not April Fool. <laughs> Why? Oh my god. Okay, Honda, save me. What do you have for us today? Hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Today's story is about a man by the name of Ronald Joseph DeFeo Jr., who is known as Butch, and he killed his father, mother, two brothers, and two sisters. Ooh. There's a lot of people. Guess, guess he butchered them. God damn. Ba-dooms. How do you kick out people <laughs> on this show? <laughs> oh, I can remove from me. I didn't know there was a function. Okay, you really I should do that one Chris. Stop. <laughs> bullying Chris is our passion. Alright, alright. <laughs> Enough of bullying me. Alright, Honda. He was 23 years old at the time of the murder. And this case had taken place in Amityville, Long Island, New York. No! Not Amityville? <laughs> oh my, okay. I'm excited. Yes, it's that Amityville, and I'm not sure if Shen finds it familiar. Shen, do you know what Amityville is? I guess no. not. <laughs> Why? Why is it familiar? So this is the, like, Amityville, you never heard of Amityville before? No. Oh. Yeah, but this is, like, the, this case was the case, like, how do I even say Yeah, but it sort of inspired the film called The Amityville Horror. Oh. Oh. Okay, no, as in Amityville is pretty well known as being this, like, really very spooky place. Like, some some paranormal, mm. like, some intense paranormal stuff went down there. And they made they made a movie, mm. several movies out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Honda, I'm excited. Yeah, the, the house is a, like, famous house in, like, uh, movies. Yeah. The mass murder took place on November 13, 1974. And at 6.30pm on that day, Butch ran into Henry's bar and shouted, You got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. And a group of people followed him to 112 Ocean Avenue, where they found Butch's parents dead inside the house. So the police was immediately notified, and upon searching the house, they discovered that the rest of the DeFeo family was dead inside the house Oof. as well. Mm-hmm. So the victims' names were Ronald DeFeo Senior, who's forty-four, and the wife Louis DeFeo, who's forty-two, and his four siblings Don eighteen, Allison thirteen, Mark twelve, and John Matthew nine. Well, the parents are quite young. I mean, they are yeah, like forty. But it was in nineteen seventy-four. Yeah, they probably got really married early. No, wow, what was that? They probably got married really early, but they were like forty only. That's crazy. Okay. Mm. So, so the parents, Ronald and Louise, were in their bed and had been shot twice, while the children were shot once in their beds. But there was evidence that showed that the mother and Allison had been awake when they were killed. Mm. So the rest were like shot in their sleep. Mm. So all of the victims were found lying facing down on their beds. The murder weapon had been a 35 caliber rifle 
and the victims were killed at around 3 a.m. in the morning of November 13th. So they were killed. So they were killed 15 hours before Butch had entered the bar, shouting that his family was killed. Mm. So after like discovering the body, Butch had been taken to the police station for his protection, as he claimed that the murders was by was a hit by the mob. And at the station, Butch was giving his alibi and said that he had been off to work the previous day as he was sick, but that morning he felt better. So he went to work, but found that he didn't have much to do anyways, and he went home around lunchtime. But he realised he forgot, he'd forgotten his house key and saw that no one was at home to let him in. So he went to his friend's house for most of the afternoon, and when he returned home in the evening, he found his family had been murdered. Mm. Interesting. Which yeah. is sus. I'm just saying that now. Seems yeah. very suspicious. He insisted that he had, it had been a mob hit as he said that his father dealt with organised crime before and but then something had gone wrong so they killed him in retaliation. Okay. He even named, he even named the hitman as Louis Fellini. But then Butch kept on changing his story each time he told it. He told it and but never failed to he never failed to mention the mob mob's involvement mm. in the case. But police found that his story like did not fit the facts of the case. And the following day he eventually confessed to the crimes. And the alleged hitman also had an alibi during the time of the killings. Also what's his name? Fellini? Fellini had yeah. an alibi. Louis Fellini. Alibi. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Butch broke down saying, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. And after he murdered his family, he showered and changed out of his bloodstained clothes. He collected the bullet casings and wrapped the rifle along with his bloody clothes in a pillowcase. And he drove towards Brooklyn and got oh. rid of the evidence. And went straight to work as if it was a normal Holy day. shit. Okay. Yeah, he killed his entire family. Yeah, he and, just you know, showered like, and he drove back to work. Well. Mm. He left work early and then he visited his friends and drank and did uh, heroin. And throughout the day, he would call home. But of course, there was no answer. And after the group, after he and his group of friends arrived at the bar, Birch acted worried and said he was going to break a window in- to get into his house. He then left and then, as you know, returned shouting that his family had been killed. Someone employed this so, guy to act in a movie because, like, there's some intense acting right there. Yikes. So the trial began on October 14, 1975, which is, like, the next year. And his lawyer, he and his lawyer tried for an insanity plea. Of course. Yeah, Butch claimed that, you know, he killed his family in self-defense because he heard their voices plotting against him. And he also said that they were possessed by Satan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but like, really? Satan? The cure, the cure for Satan isn't exactly like shooting and killing them though, isn't it? Like holy water. Yeah. I don't know. Imagine like... <laughs> The crime was instead of him shooting real guns at them, he's like shooting holy water from like water guns. Yeah. <laughs> he also had a psychiatrist to like support his insanity claim, but the psychiatrist for the prosecution argued that even if Butch was a drug user and also had a antisocial personality disorder but Butch was still aware of his actions at the time of the yeah crime. because afterwards he showered and he went to his friend's house and stuff so like you need to be pretty sane or at least be of like somewhat of a sound mind in order to like do that because it's very it's very calculated you know what I mean mm, it seems like so. Hmm. Like also the very fact that he called the house, you know, it's it's this kind of thing where you try to throw off the police from looking at you because like you know you can always say, I called my house and like no one picked up, so I got hmm. worried. But like it was premeditated, not really premeditated, but he had already committed the crime, and then calling the house is just, you know, to make himself look hmm. innocent. That's yeah, that's very it's very smart though. 
Yeah, so that level of calculation, right, it's kind of hard to prove insanity unless he did it in like a state of dissociation or something. Mm. So in like in the end on November 21st, 1975, Butch was found guilty on six counts of second degree murder. And on December 4th, he was sentenced to six sentences of 25 years to life. And he's still alive oh. to this day. But And he also tried to have a plea to be released, but it was all declined. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, the, the house is still there, and it's really an infamous house. I think someone actually still lives there now. Oh my gosh. So, the movie Amityville Horror is, is like based on the story of George and Kathy Lutz, who moved into the house, like, quite, like, they moved in almost soon after, like, the murders so happened. Josh and Katie are real but, people. Okay. Also, mm. oh, the movie yeah, so, like real events. Oh. A bit scary, Sort yeah. of real events. Okay, sort of. <laughs> so, like, George and the Lutz family only lasted, like, 28 days in the house. Wow, oh. that's... Okay, that's relatively long. It's one month, though. Yeah. Yeah, four weeks. So like, and they left like, like leaving all the stuff oh, behind, okay. and they rushed to like, to like um Katie's mom's oh. house, like because they was you know scared about all the you know paranormal yeah, activity sure. that they were facing. Oh yeah, I mean some claim that the stories were fabricated for like um, for like press to get famous. You know they bought the house for eighty thousand dollars, which is like really cheap, and it's quite a big oh, house. Yikes. Hmm. Yeah, because obviously after like a big murder like that, the price of the house like like really yeah for yeah, sure. Reminding me of like this of season one of American Horror Story because like the house was yeah murder but the house, house was, like the house was like really cheap, and because like so many murders spoilers so many murders happened like the price kept decreasing and because the price kept decreasing like more and more people <laughs> wanted to buy it because like it was just cheap. I mean, even, you know, the paranormal hunters that always appear in... What's the series? Ghost Avengers. Annabelle. Oh, no. oh okay, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like the... Yeah. <laughs> like, Ed and Lorraine. Mm. Uh, oh, yes, yes. The paranormal hunters in Annabelle. Yeah, they also went to the house and said, like, the house has some, like, evil energy. Mm. Yeah, wait. This is the picture of the house. And, like... Oh, can we see? oh. oh it, it looks like such an ordinary house though Yeah it does Except for the middle part. But actually sometimes It, it looks kind of creepy Because like there are two like lit windows oh, yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah 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 I was to say It looks like eyes And like some edited shots Make the house even creepier Because of like That two oh. windows mm. Oh you know like the bottom windows Look like teeth Yeah 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 So it looks like a yeah, pie Yeah it does <laughs> Like the, the chimney is like the It does it does, then, it does. Like, Yeah yeah, so this is the end of the story. Oh, that's interesting. Sharpest. The house looks nice. We should, we should definitely insert. Go there. <laughs> uh, no. But Chris can. Someone still, someone lives there though. Oh. Yeah, I can't imagine just like turning up on the property and like. Yeah. Hi, I just want to take I'm pretty sure a lot of people would visit the house yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Honda, on the same topic of house, right? My horror story actually is actually on a house as well. No. Okay, so Ooh. the one thing I don't like about like horror stories or like crimes that happen in houses is yeah. because like it's literally so close to home. Yep. Like if you were if you were <laughs> to tell me like a ghost story in like maybe in a specific like area in the woods or like in a hotel like, a part of me can sort of, like, dissociate from that because, like, I'm not going to be in the middle of the woods or in a hotel. Yeah. But if you're going to tell me a horror story, like, a ghost in a house, it's, like, I live in a house. Yeah. So, ghosts can be very close by. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah, sorry to break it to you, Chris. But Shen has a mischievous smile. Yeah. Yes. I think my story today oh, is no. quite interesting. It's a long one, but... It's very interesting. It's about I think I don't know whether we have touched this before, but it's on a witch. No. 
I don't think we've done any witches. Ooh. Yeah. So this story is about the Bell Witch mm. or the Bell Witch Haunting, which is actually a legend from the southern United States um, in the 19th century in Robertson County, Tennessee. Bell, like B-E-L-L. Yeah, like Bell. And, and that's like, be- like that episode we did in Murderous Bell. Yes, yes. But <laughs> Bell is because um, of the person that the witch was haunting, which is the farmer John Ooh. Bell oh. Sr., who resided... And senior because he named his son the exact freaking thing, um. But yeah, yeah it's such a, it's it's very, a it's a thing though. It's like a very I'm not sure if it's an American thing, but like a lot of Americans name their children after themselves. Mm, I know yeah. we we've I mean, got some American listeners. Is it a thing? Let us know. I mean, the current U.S. president also he's junior. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, but so so it happened to this farmer named John Bell Sr. who resided with his family along the Red River in an area near the town of Adams. So according to the legend, um, from 1817 to 1821, John Bell's family and the local area came under attack by a mostly invisible entity that was able to speak, affect the physical environment and shape-shift. Mm. Yes. So what happened was, where while tending to his farm in 1817, Bell actually reportedly saw a strange animal. So what appeared to be a black dog with a head of a rabbit. That's right, shout out Leo. <laughs> black dog with a head of a rabbit. <laughs> what the shit is that? So in the coming weeks, Bell, his wife Lucy and the children became, began to hear pounding noises outside, the, outside their cabin. This escalated to voices and eventually the entity, which would be called a spirit by a local preacher. And this spirit actually began to act out physically, throwing pillows across rooms, tugging on children's bed sheets, and physically assaulting Betsy Bell, John Bell's daughter. Oh, jeez Louise. Yeah. Mm. Sounds, like a, sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. Mm. So the family actually kept the haunting to themselves, perhaps out of the fear of the retaliation from a staunch Baptist community. I mean, after all, why would they call for help? It was just like, this was situated about 100-ish years after the, the Salem witch trials. So, mm. nobody would want to come forth and admit that their house has a weird spirit. But eventually, <laughs> yeah. John Bell decided to share his experience with one of his closest friends. Um, and the two went on a local preacher for help. So, all three men swore to keep this seemingly supernatural experience a secret. But weeks later, people from Middle Tennessee and Southern Kentucky were travelling to the Bell Farm to the were travelling to the Bell Farm to see the house and the family for themselves. And this made the haunting worse. Ooh. So the more people who tried to talk or reach out to this spirit, the more attention it was given and the louder it became as if it was feeding off people's fear. So apparently, the entity actually began hitting the children and tripping adults with a greater intensity. So its voice became more clear, at times low and melodic, and at times a shrill screech. And it announced... (laughs) Shen is in storyteller mode. (laughs) Yeah. And the entity announced its intention to kill John Bell. Mr. Bell is a bad man, the entity would say. And <laughs> the identity of this entity that tormented the Bell family is actually widely disputed. So according to the legend, the entity itself gave multiple answers about who it was and why it was haunting the Bell family. In one case, it's claimed to be the spirit of a Native American whose grave had been disrupted by one of the Bell boys. At a different time, mm-hmm. it claimed it was the doing of Bell's family's neighbour, Kate Betts. Um, and this story stuck. This this neighbor story stuck around the village more and the bell witch is often referred to as Kate. So Kate Bates was... Kate Bates. Uh, <laughs> Kate, Kate, Kate Bates was an outcast in the Red River community with very, very little money and she does most of the majority of the physical labor on her family for her husband who was paralyzed in an accident. She had a habit of trying to impress people, making a scene and trying to be in the center of attention. So oh, the Bats family, that's why people... yeah, they 
And yeah, I'll go on a little more about that. But yeah, the bats actually strongly denied any connection to the haunting. Um, but the entity began responding to the name Kate. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. So the name Bell, which is actually coined by President Andrew Jackson after he came to the Bell home for exploratory visit. Some of the Bell children had fought with Jackson when he was a general and Jackson owned land not far from the Bell's homestead. So according to the legend, when Jackson and his men arrived at the Bell farm, the horses refused to cross the property line until a disembodied <laughs> voice allowed them to pass. The, enter- the entity was actually largely absent from Jackson's visit, only attacking one of Jackson's men when he commented that the witch was scared of him because he had a silver bullet caught the witch tamer in his pistol. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Also, let me just turn on the lights. The darkness scares me a bit when I'm telling stories like that. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, the entity was actually largely absent. La. So, it's quite scary because like, it's quite it's quite a cool thing also that like, people used to to coin like special items to to ward against evil spirits in the past. Yeah, but yeah. I've never heard of silver to silver like bullet. repel witches. Same, no, but I think it's just oh, a common heard? bullet that he, they used in the past. Yeah, usually silver is associated with like werewolves. Oh, and okay, stuff. Okay, okay. I've never heard for witches. For witches, I think I've heard only of sage. So, towards the Bell's family's um, ordeal with the Bell Witch, John Bell actually became seriously ill. So, Bell was approaching his 70s. He was struggling to eat, claiming it was difficult for him to swallow. And he actually suffered from frequent episodes that would likely be classified as seizures today. I'm guessing in the 1800s, probably. Mm. Yeah. So, Bell suffered from a disorder of the central nervous system. So, according to a legend, the witch actually laughed at Bell's misfortune. The entity, nicknamed Kate, had a very had quite a personality. So even though most of the time it was talking ugly and cursing, there were times where she would laugh and it was usually at someone's misery. So John Bell died in nineteen in eighteen twenty John Bell died in eighteen twenty at the age of seventy. So legend says that John Bell's son, John Bell Jr., found poison next to his bed. The Bell Witch is believed to have poisoned Bell and reportedly laughed and sang at his deathbed and during his funeral. Oh my god. So the haunting actually died down after John Bell's death, but the entity then turned its attention to Betsy, who was a newly engaged oh. who was who was newly engaged to a man named Joshua Gardiner. So Betsy is the daughter of John Bell. So the witch antics eventually convinced Betsy to break off her engagement to Gardiner, who later moved to West Tennessee. Yeah. Ooh. So he wasn't very affected. He died at a wealthy age of 84. So the Bell Witch, Bell Witch actually disappeared for a time before coming back to say that she would return in seven years. When she returned to John Bell Jr. in 1828, she is said to have spoken to him for three nights about the past, present, and future. She then said she would return to John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years in 1935. Oh. But there are no tales She's that I so could find. Specific. Yeah, there were no tales that I could find from 1935 onwards. So, mm. the most co- recent one would then be um, around the, the... As in, there was no direct link of this eeriness or this like this whole very strong um, persona of her being so, um, so sinister. Like, the narrative changed over the years. So, Lucy Bell Butler is actually a direct descendant of John Bell Jr. named after John Bell's wife, Lucy. So Lucy Bell is allegedly one of the only three people that the witch liked. So Butler actually said that stories of the witch were part of her childhood and she believes that the witch was not confined within the limits of the Bell's family's farm in Adams but follows her family wherever they go. She said that she and her daughter Jennifer have seen the black dog in the original legend and when oh, Jennifer no. was growing up, they often saw a giggling girl running around their house at night. The girl would play with Jennifer's toys and the family dog was not afraid of her. <laughs> so that was like the more nice side of her. So not okay, everyone... Straight up, I, nice? It's a weird, creepy <laughs> child. Yeah, but... No, nothing is spookier. And not as sinister, I guess. Ghost children. Yeah. Ghost children are so <laughs> scary. Oh my god. Yeah. So not everyone in Butler's family actually believed in the witch or wanted to talk about the legend. So Butler said her grandfather, a Methodist preacher, actually refused to allow one word about Kate. 
to be spoken in his presence. But Butler said that she thinks this could be because of a negative experience he might have had with the entity. So Butler said the entity did not like her father, a smooth-talking, good-looking actor in Memphis who happened to have some um, alleged involvement with the mafia back then. So Butler recalls one accident Butler recalls one incident that happened when she was a child just before her father was about to host a gathering at their home. Butler's family and the father actually purchased a stereo system, a considerable luxury in the 1960s, by the way. Mm, so mm. But, Butler said she walked downstairs to her living room filled with thousands of crickets marching towards the music room where they climbed into the stereo system and ruined it. Okay. <laughs> yep. Crickets? Yep, crickets. Like the bug? Yeah, like the bug. <laughs> like the bug. <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. So, Butler believes that Kate punished the people that needed to be punished, but she also took care of the ones that she liked. So, Butler can... It's obvious that the witch doesn't like Butler's father, but likes um, Lucy. And there's also a very strong narrative of this spirit or witch liking women and hating men. So... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, Butler's husband, Larry Butler, was actually skeptical of the story at first. In fact, he even drove out to the bell farm with a Bible in the hand to confront the supposed witch in the cave property. Luckily, the cave was closed. But he recalls one strange. <laughs> he recalls one strange incident he witnessed while he was alone in Lucy's apartment. He said that the jewelry Lucy had been hanging in her bedroom started shaking, so he investigated to see if an air vent could be causing movement. Finding nothing, he retreated to the living room. Then, a tassel hanging from a lamp started spinning rapidly in circles. After that, he just left and he was just like, Nope, this is not for me. And that was his most spooky encounter. And this was in the 1960s. So, ever since then, neither Lucy or Larry has experienced anything. Um, and Lucy considers herself to be a devout believer in God and prays every morning. Um, but she, she said that that doesn't mean that she cannot. She also doesn't believe that the Bell Witch doesn't exist. So yeah, that's the Bell Witch story. It's filled with controversies, filled with so many twists and turns. It's never dull. Um, I thought this was really interesting because um, the concept of how a witch can transcend spatial boundaries is quite interesting. <laughs> spatial boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite interesting and I also yeah, like since that since the 1800s this witch has hated men uh. she has hated men uh. she was a feminist before feminism was a thing uh. <laughs> but feminism isn't about hating men though okay 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 that's true but she got rid of men that <laughs> okay <laughs> edit this part out thank you <laughs> but about, like what yeah. can we do to get on her good side? You literally don't know. Nobody knows. And let me just tell you, <laughs> this mystery and legend has gone through so many years in history that there are historians studying it. There are people researching it. Like, you can find mm. research about it where people compile, like, historical wow. facts and papers just to piece together the story in factual terms. Wow. It's very interesting, right? Yeah. I oh, I hope our house is clear. I mean, I don't <coughs> think she's going to travel all the way <laughs> to Singapore just to, like, haunt us. Hopefully. Or maybe we, like, sort of, what's the word for it, manifested her spirit or something by calling her, by, like, telling her story. You wanna try, Chris? Nope. Nope. I'm not. I'm not manifesting oh, no. or bringing anyone here. <laughs> Honestly, like, what do you define as a witch? Cause to me, when I was reading the story, it was called the Bell Witch, and I respect the term given to her. But what is so witchy about her? That's a good point. Why is she a witch? Exactly. She's called the Bell Witch. But, is it because she's a vengeful woman? Oh, but this okay, yeah, maybe maybe in American society. Oh, oh my god! Okay, guys. So on this topic, I just wanted to bring up something that I saw on like 
my IG stories, which is why I think we talked about this previously. But like, since it's Halloween, it's it's bring up the idea of why do vengeful characters in stories and movies and films are always women. Like vengeful spirits, ghost monsters are mainly always women. Hmm. Why do you think so? Like. It, like, even when we think about it, like, we were talking about it, like, in Asia, a lot of our ghosts and spirits are very tied to women and, like, you know, losing their child or, like, dying, un- like, unjustly. Mm, yeah. It is interesting, though. Do you think it's just because it's easier to demonize women? Exactly. I guess, yeah, you go on, go on. I mean, a lot of these spirits, um, there's sort of like that sexual part to them. Like, even, like the way they even lure in, the victims, right? Yeah, even the way they lure the vic- victims. And like, not even that, but also like the fact that a lot of these spirits are like mothers or like were meant to be mothers. Like you, you need that sexual part in order to become a mother. You know what I mean? So... Why do we have so many vengeful women ghost stories? Why this? Yeah. <laughs> because women have been wronged for many centuries, men haven't, so they don't need this trope of vengeance. Hmm. That's. Okay, you know, like, I think a good thread to start is um, so s- several years ago, there was this movie that was released called Jennifer's Body. So yes. the time of so at the time of release, right? This movie was very very negatively received. And one of the reasons why it was so negatively received was because the main character was Megan Fox and 20th Century Fox, which was the distributors, decided to like market the film focusing on how hot Megan Fox was. I mean, it is. Megan Fox is still super hot. And, like, the interesting thing about this was because they marketed it so heavily on her sexuality and because she's so, like, this this hot, beautiful woman, right? During test screenings, um, boys and men, men and boys who went to watch the film, a lot of them had the comment where they didn't think that it was sexy enough. So they wanted to see like more boobs and stuff like that. But oh the, the point of the film was something like entirely different. Like also interestingly in the film, Jennifer, which is Megan Fox's character, she she actually becomes a succubus. And mm-hmm. like so what what are succubuses? Succubuses are basically like um female sex demons. And throughout the film, like she goes around sort of like killing men and eating them so yeah. in one aspect she's already like demonizing this thing but there's also that overarching thing about using her character and like using her looks in order to sell the sexuality of like this ghost you know mm. it's easy it's easy to sexualize women and in a way sexualize and demonize women as ghosts mm-hmm. so there's a la- layer of also like demonizing what they are and what we are essentially you mm. know because men view women as like sexual objects so which is why in like a lot of like ghost stories and folklore you have these spirits that you know um hunt men or are basically sexual deviants and the reason why they're ghosts is because there's a it's it's just a a method a, a platform to demonize them. Mm. I guess that's like my very <laughs> half-assed um, way of <laughs> analyzing it. Like I'm doing a um a class where we watch horror films, and it's pretty interesting because like basically horror films, right? In horror stories, essentially, they're meant to reflect reality and like. Yeah. Like real life. And like you get a lot of social commentary mm-hmm. from these um films. And 
there's that aspect of it and then there's also the other aspect of how people when they view horror films or when they hear horror stories they have they get a lot of pleasure from it mm. so it's kind of it's kind of interesting it's kind of interesting oh God, I wish someone would do like a male retelling of all those like famous female yeah, like, but then, yeah. ghosts but, but then, then, like, the impact is different, you know what I mean? Right. Like, a lot of your audience, your male audience, wouldn't want to watch that. Mm. Yeah. I see. But they can, make, they can make a horror slash comedy. I know, but, like, think about it. How much of horror is marketed towards women? I, I mean, it depends on the genre of horror, I guess. Yeah. I was say I mean, genderless. the subgenre of horror. Yeah, sorry, Shen? I want to say it's genderless, but now thinking about it. Yeah, think about it. Like, there's also, like, no matter what, in terms of, unless it's like a literal, like, alien or a monster, a lot of, um, like, horror, horror, like, um, like your ghosts or what, they're still gendered in a way. Mm. It's interesting. Also, like, um, recently I came across, uh, this, this movie. What's it called? It's called Teeth. And it's about this girl who has teeth in her, in her lady parts. What? (laughs) And apparently there is mythology. So, the, the mythology surrounding this is, um, Basically, the teeth in that area is meant to, like, protect the women from, like, sexual assault. Okay. So, throughout the film, right, um, this... This character, the main character, right, she is... Like, men literally, like, prey on her. Like, and every time that happens and they assault her, right, her teeth literally, like, chop their parts off. Mm. And it's kind of interesting because in one way I think the film attempts to like give agency to the female character you know mm. they're like showing that you know she has this body that sort of protects her but on the other hand it's also you know once again it falls into that trope of like the demonized woman mm, yeah yeah but it's also kind of satisfi- satisfying because like throughout the film right all the men that prey on her and attack her, they all like she sort of like kills them all. So yeah. If anyone else has any thoughts on why like a lot of these horror characters are all like female or feminine coded, like let us know. Yeah, Chris did a really good job in explaining it. I love it. I don't know if I explained it properly though. <laughs> If you have any if you have any professors here that listen to our podcast, <laughs> please feel free to give us some input. Yeah. And I guess that's something you can take away from this Halloween special here is is horror basically reflects real life. It's mm. very interesting. Like yeah. every horror trope you see there is sort of a reflection of reality. Mm. Any post apocalyptic film basically reflects today's anxieties Hmm. yeah interesting thank you for your analysis (laughs) helps that I'm taking um, a class on horror films oh my god (laughs) yeah this is the Amityville thing that was a good one Amityville Amityville is really notorious and I didn't know this side of Amityville. Like, I didn't know its origin, sorry. Yeah, people don't know, like, it was, like, a murder house. Like, people only know, like, it's... People only know it because of, like, the movie and, like, how the house looks like. Hmm. I never knew what the house looked like. Interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. But the fact is, it looks like a face. <laughs> I think even Buzzfeed look at cars. Oh, they did. Which one? I did. 
What do you mean which one? I can't remember. Wait, which which one? Buzzfeed Unsolved covered which? Uh, uh, Amityville. I think they did. Honestly, if you ask me one thing I remember from BuzzFeed Unsolved, the only thing I can tell you is that goat bridge thing they did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's the only thing I can remember. Mm. Yeah, they did yeah. cover it. Yeah, they did cover it. Anyway, to our listeners, if you have any, like, favourite horror films, let us know what they are. Oh. I'm yes, I terrified of horror films. Honda loves horror oh God, Chris, films. I'm terrified of them. You should watch this Korean one. It was What's so it called? good. Wait, I only remember the Korean title. I'm oh, so it's The Wailing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's so a 2016 um, horror film. It's so good. It's 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, okay, okay. I'll add it to my list of ever-growing movies to watch. I, I feel like I'm slowly... I'm slowly easing into horror films. Like, I won't go out of my way to watch them. But I will still, you know, be aware of their existence. Watch Wailing. Because I've had to... I, I had to watch, like, a bunch of horror films this semester. But it's like... They weren't scary, scary. They weren't like ghosty jump scares. And I think maybe it's because they're like horror classics, so it's easier, mm. like easier horror to classics palette. Are a bit different. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars and comment on Apple Podcast, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HAU Podcast. Shoot us a message or send us stories. If you'd like, you can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and see you guys next week. Bye! Bye! Bye!